Tired of asking why? Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast, where we are answering life's most difficult questions. Now, here's your host, Teresa Blaze. Welcome to the Unresolved Life Podcast. I'm Teresa Blaze, and today we have uh, someone who's been who is pretty much no stranger to this microphone. Uh, we have my dear friend Sharon Smaga of Pop Coach Life. Uh, but before we get to that, because I have a we have a topic we're going to talk about that uh, I think is very, very poignant for this time. But we'll get to that. First, let me touch on today's sponsor. Uh, that is Freedom CBD. Look, are you or someone you know struggling with chronic pain issues? Um, let me tell you something. Chronic pain is something that I deal with often. And I use the CBD a lot. The cool thing about the CBD that we, we sell is um is an isolate brand, which means there is no THC in it at all. You roll it on. It has a uh, kind of a minty scent. You roll it onto the pain area. And guess what? You don't have any more pain. It works. Go to www.getfreedomcbd. Uh, and when you make your purchase, use the code unresolved10 to receive a 10% discount. That's www.getfreedomcbd.com. All right. Now on with the show. Sharon, welcome to Unresolved. Or shall I say welcome back? Thank you. Good to be here. We're glad to have you. And I think uh, today is is really poignant. Um, let me just set the stage real quick. Just before Mike and I got on the show, or, or you know, just before I came on the show, we received an email. Or I don't know if it was an email or a Facebook, or, but it was something that Mike was looking at. And one of our dear friends from Phoenix had died of COVID. And it just got me to thinking. Coming into 2022, we spent we have spent two years uh, dealing with the COVID. And I'm not going to get into the political side of it because, yes, there is a political side. But I really want to touch on the trauma. Like, it, it just seems to me we have been under a heavy dose of continuous trauma. Oh, my God. You know, fear. Make everybody afraid. Make everybody freak. And I'm wondering... Like, what is your take coming, you know, when you, when you step back from, from your experience, what is your take on what people are going through and how we should be handling it? You use the word trauma. And I almost want to just start there because we use that, I call it the T word. We use the T word a lot. It's become kind of a buzzword because I think in a way it's labeled something we haven't had a way to label before so that we can talk about it. However. And this, you know, bear with me, this might sound a little crazy, but trauma is not an event. It's not, COVID isn't traumatic. Quarantine per se is not traumatic. Trauma is an actual response to an event or series of events, which is why you can have a group of people exposed to the same event. So maybe there's 10 people, but two people have like a trauma response to it. And, it, and it, there's a lot of complexities to that I won't go into um, for the purpose of this discussion today. But so that awareness of, and this is actually really important, that trauma is a response, not an event. And if we think it's an event, well, to be perfectly blunt, we're kind of screwed. <laughs> you know, well, uh, the only reason why I bring that up is because like... Like, I know there have been times when I am just, and, and don't get me wrong, I, 
I do the things. I put down the news. I don't consume the news all the time. I, I, I consume enough to know what is going on, you know. But if you watch that, it is almost like that's all they feed on. Yeah. And, and I'm going to get to that. So but I wanted to address the, the trauma first. This is really important because it'll make a lot more sense um, with where I go with it. Okay. What I think you're labeling that's really important in that is what I call fear mongering. We sit with the fear mongering, which if we chronically expose ourselves to it, then we put ourselves in a more vulnerable position to have a trauma reaction to the fear mongering. But we still need to be careful. Not everything's labeled trauma. I can have a very negative experience. I can have depression as a result of exposed overexposure to this and not be traumatized. Okay. But the core issue here is I believe there's a lot of fear mongering going on in a lot of different directions, no matter what you believe about COVID, the stats, the treatments, the shots, not shots. It does. I don't care what you believe about it. Um, there's a lot of fear mongering around all of it. And we are not called to live in a spirit of fear. We're given discernment. We're given wisdom. Um, I would actually say, argue that um, while I had to deal with it like everybody else back in 2020, I made a choice to kind of say, ooh, this could really take over my life and my son's life. How do I want to handle this year? And it turned out to be one of the most productive years um, in recent years of my life in terms of um, learning, starting and trying new things, starting a new business, um, managing projects at my house. So I really chose to take a very proactive approach because I wanted to be aware, not be fear-mongered, and then look at what my options were. Because I think the other thing that happens when we live in fear is we stop seeing solutions. We panic. We think that there are no solutions. And that's literally biologically tied into how our brains work again, which I won't go into all that, but um, that's a real thing. So I was very aware of, and I can't encourage people enough, when you want to panic, when you want to sit in that fear reaction it's really important to kind of let yourself feel it, but don't park in it. Don't park there. Get get to the solutions. Uh, and this is just from my, um, uh, you know, my, my take on every, you know, because you know how you know how I approach it is, you know, we deal with the unresolved stuff around here, you know, and I mean, I I almost think we were blindsided by 2020. I almost think we were blindsided by that because. At the time, we didn't know what we were dealing with. And then and then people started getting used to living in that state. But don't you think being blindsided describes a lot of what we experience in life, whether it's a medical issue, a death, a war? Yeah, I would say yes and no, because it was it was um, I mean, on a personal level. Yes. Uh what what I'm but what I'm seeing is I think it happened on such a global scale that no one saw it coming, and I mean I'm not going to get into where COVID came from. That's another topic. <laughs> I'm not touching that one because that has a whole can of worms that I'm not going to open. But I will say this: I think I, I, I think it really hit on a global scale where where all the countries went. 
whoa, we don't know what we're dealing with. Let's lock everybody down. And I honestly could have said, okay, I can see that for the first two weeks. But then it started dragging on and on and people started getting used to living in that state of of fear. And that that's a concern for sure. So you're kind of labeling this happened like all at once for everybody in a way that we haven't seen. Yeah, I, I yeah, I track with that. Okay, you know, and 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 believe me, I get that you know there's a lot of uh, uh, discussion around. Well, where did COVID come from, and how do we treat it, and this and that. I get that, but aside from that stuff, I almost think that people like because I used to like walk around, and at first I did what everybody said to do. You know, I, I wore the mask, I did all that, and then I, I started going, but I don't want to live this way. Well, I think there's the experience of fear and the reality of just do I live out of fear so I can experience fear and not live out of fear I can recognize that fear like any other emotion is just an emotion and it's not necessarily telling me the truth it's an indicator I need to pay attention just like sadness joy you know any emotion they're like little messengers right what am I uh, whether it's oh this makes me feel contentment I should pay attention to that so I can replicate it This is something that brings pain into my life. When I make this decision, I should pay attention to that so I don't replicate it. But when we start letting the emotions be our guidelines for decision-making, I think we have a real problem. That's interesting. Um, But, you know, because I'm reminded of the song, and I don't remember who sings it. It says, fear is a liar. He, uh, he, he, uh, Zach Williams. Yeah, thank you. I like that song. I like that song a lot. You know, fear, he is a liar. He steals your breath. He'll, 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 he'll you know, so on and so forth. I don't remember all the lyrics, but it, it just comes to mind. It's like, and it almost, you know, I mean, we've seen it before. Like if you consume a bunch of news, you're going to get a more negative outlook. Uh, we've seen it to a degree before all of this hit. And then, you, and it almost feels like with fear came in chaos. Because what happened in 2020 and it started in 2020, you had all the political shenanigans, the riots and all this stuff. And, and then you still had COVID and it almost felt like uh, the world was like disintegrating into this place of chaos. And I can almost sense where people were just going, get me off the spin cycle. I think I've had enough. Yeah. And then I kind of wonder, well, I wonder a few things. You know, one, does chaos engender fear, fear engender chaos, or it's, you know, mutually negative beneficial relationship i almost feel like you're stepping into when we talk about you know i hate this i want to get off this ugly ride are we now starting to talk about where does fear become hopelessness there we go yeah i think that's what we're talking about because because i because i know you've noticed the suicide rates are are skyrocketing right now like a lot more people are committing suicide because of not so much because of COVID, but because of the related issues. Um, and I'm not, I, I will say, first of all, I haven't done the research on the numbers, but, and I hear that and I hear that spoken into being a lot. And I, you know, I come out, I'm in mental health, you know, that. So absolutely I'm concerned about that, but I've also learned um, just because something looks connected directly doesn't mean it's connected directly or that it's the sole cause. So I I don't know that we can really know that right now. Like why are those numbers up? But I if I had to attribute to anything around 
COVID, I would attribute it to quarantine, the isolation Absol- of quarantine. Yes, I was actually going to uh, 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 speak to that because it almost seems like, because what came out of the constant quarantine uh, and almost disconnectedness. You labeled earlier, people got used to wearing the masks, for example. So what if you got used to quarantine and maybe you had other issues you were already struggling with, maybe you didn't, but now you've adapted to this and now it's like, well, let's kind of restart now. And how hard is that to make that choice to get out of the house again, to go back to work? Yeah, because now I got comfortable living this way whether it's good for me or not, because we don't hold on to what's good for us. We hold on to what's comfortable, even if it's not good. Which also could feed into now we're still struggling with unemployment because people are not returning back to work, whether it's because of the government still paying people or it's other issues uh, related to what we're talking about. Uh, People are not used to, well, do I really want to go back out into the world again? I'm comfortable where I'm at. That's well, and I know it's not that simple either, even as even though I say that, I think that's a legitimate point. But I'm also thinking of, you know, the parents that I work with that are like, well, you know, my kid's home from school again uh, for 10 days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we, actually, I'm one of those parents. Yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> and I we're not you- over all the hurdles of this yet. The the reverberations of it. Oh, by the way, I do not recommend you trying to virtual school a special needs kid. It is a pain. I will just say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's got its own challenges when it's not virtual. Yeah. And there's a lot of the interventions needed for um, special needs, kids with special needs that cannot be met virtually. It's It's been a real challenge. And I think people have really risen to the challenge. And I, to me, that is that American spirit, that healthy psyche that, you know, um, that I love about us. But I think we also need to know it's hard sometimes psychologically to know where's the line, where is this is something I've risen to the challenge and I've made it work. And then when is it time to reset and get uncomfortable again by my own choice to make healthy changes again in a different direction. We can't go back. This idea of we just need to go back, that's not really a thing. That's a fantasy we live in that actually gets in our way, in my opinion. But when we start to think of the, and this is not just even about COVID or quarantine, this is our everyday life. When you start to willingly live out of your comfort zone, that's how you get to the next thing in your life. It's holding on to the comfort zone that becomes the chronic dead end for many of us. First, Mike and I, are, you know, we don't, we, I mean, we don't mind getting out. I mean, we're, you know, we're just like, because like we've known people that are so like fear porn. I mean, that's the only way I could describe it. Um, like, I really think that the, that, 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 the, that our government and the, and the, and the news and all that kind of crap. I think that it, it just, it feeds on fear porn. I really do. And then, and then, and then when people are trying to get back to their real lives, they still got this voice in the back of their head going, well, you don't want to do that. Don't take that mask off. You know, let me challenge, let me stir this pot a little. Isn't there always that voice in the back of our heads? Like at what point do we recognize the external factors, but internally take responsibility because there's, there's always a voice in the back of my head. That's insecure, afraid, you know, saying things like, who do you think you are to be going after this or trying this? And I think 
I think that voice is always there and we can recognize there are circumstances that can contribute, but if we always blame the circumstances then maybe we're kind of letting ourselves off the hook. And well, that feeds into um, it's better to blame <laughs> and that feeds into another topic because it's always better to blame. Oh, it's, 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 it's the culture room living in it's white privilege. It's this, it's that versus I'm ready to take responsibility for my own stuff, you know, and, and believe me. I and get it's not that. better. It's not actually better. It's bad for us, but it's easier. And we like easy. We like, if, if we're intellectually honest, we like easy. We like the path of least resistance. We like routine to the point where we will stay in a very um, painful or damaging routine to avoid facing change, even if we know the change could be better for us, right? I deal with this all the time uh, in my practice, staying in the relationship or the rut. It's bad for me, but it's comfortable because I can predict it. I like, I like the misery of predictability more than the unknown of change. That's human nature. Right. And, and we see that playing out in other formats, case in point, the abusive relationship, for example. If you've got an abusive relationship, well, there, I'm used to this. I really don't want to change. I, I mean, I want out, but I don't want out bad enough to change it. But I, And I'm used to this because it's comfortable, even though. So what if you think of fear and parking and fear over quarantine and COVID? I wonder what would happen if we began to see that as almost like internally an abusive relationship we're participating in. That's interesting. It's, you know, because we're giving it permission to control us, to dictate our decisions, to keep us from doing things we want, to cut us off from other people. Yep. And I'm, remem- I'm reminded, uh, one of the, the rap stars that I listened to, he has a song, um, NF. I think I sent you some stuff with him. He has a song he calls Intro 3. Well, in that song, fear is personified and he starts having this conversation and he's like, don't you like the house uh, I built you? Um, I, I know I'm controlling, but you just need to learn to deal with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Both my boys listen to NF. I don't really, but my I, boys I will do, send yeah. you, I'll find you that song and I'll send it to you because it is like so cool. I love and oh, that. Maybe we is, should tag it on to the end of this interview when they edit. Uh, <laughs> no, because I don't want to get got for uh, playing music on a podcast without permission. I will have, I will have uh, a link to the song in the show notes though. So people can link to that if they're curious to listen. Yeah, it is a really good and sure. I'll send it to you after the, uh, after, after we're I, done. I um, have a construct in my head that I try to share with people in my, you know, with my clients and my coaching work and for myself that I think of it as a house. And are you living in the house that fear built? Because that becomes the cage. It's, and it's almost like being in a beautiful gilded golden cage. And you're the little bird who thinks you're in jail and can't fly free, but the door has been open the whole time. The only thing keeping you from flying is, is you. That's funny because, uh, in, in, and, and I guess I'm remembering a lot of NF songs. Um, uh, he, he has a song called outcast and, in in the basic idea of it is I've been locked in the cell the whole time, but I'm the one holding the key. Yep. I feel like I, I need to meet this guy. And seriously, it's <laughs> really, he does some really powerful music, really 
really uh, and, and, and it's funny you mentioned Fear as a House because he has a song called Mansion where he describes his mind like a mansion going into different rooms. And, and, and I'm like, and I'm like, dude, just some of the lyrical, you know, but then getting back to this, it's like, it's like, damn. he must be in therapy. <laughs> That's funny. He calls, he calls creating music his therapy session. Yeah. I think one of my sons mentioned at one point, it, you know, kind of in passing, I think he's done counseling. I think he's done therapy and that's the power of being willing to explore what's, you know, take every thought captive. What's really going on in this house that is my head? And have I built a house of fear? Am I captive to my own narrative? Is the narrative even accurate? And there, there's a great word for um, this topic too, is we're being fed a narrative and, and very different narratives. And so the insecurity, at least for me, has been, I don't know what narrative to believe. I don't know whose narrative I can trust. Uh, yeah. Oh, believe me, like Mike and I, and, and again, I'm not trying to make it political, but this is just to make a point. Okay. Mike and I, we walked down to the center to meet with a friend for a minute, the center, because we we live really close to the orientation center, which is uh, uh, here in Alamo. It's a, it's a training center for the adult blind people. Okay. Well, we walked down there because we were meeting a friend for, for something. And when I went there, because I went there for a time, we had to wear the sleep shades and that was bad enough. Uh, because they got sweaty, they they hurt you if you weren't careful, that kind of thing. Uh, and, but now it's not only do you have to wear the sleep shades, you have to wear the sleep shades and the mask, and you have to be vaccinated in order to attend. And I'm like, there is no way I would submit myself to that. Well, and that's the power of personal choice, regardless of what you believe. And so what you're labeling is, I'm faced with all these narratives. I've developed my own. Now, and so what we need, I think what we need to understand is that you can develop a narrative of fear, right? So if, and then my decisions become fear-based. And one of the things we really, really, I think is very important to remember in any conversation, any decision-making process is that we have a bias. So I choose a set of beliefs about a situation or a circumstance or a person. I now have a personal bias about it. And I will tend to filter all incoming information through that bias. And it doesn't matter what political leanings you have, because, I mean, if you're like, uh, if you're a, um, like, if you're a Republican or a liberal or whatever, you're still going to have that, that, that filter. And what's, but what's happening, and this is something that I find, there are people that are saying, oh, some, some opinions, some beliefs are not, um, um, like, for example, who was I was listening to the prime minister of Canada, Trudeau. And, yeah, yeah. He, and, he, and he actually said, I quote, though, he made a comment about people having, quote unquote, unacceptable beliefs. And I sat there and thought about dropped when I heard that. Yeah. Like, you don't get to control my beliefs. You may make decisions and put laws into play that I have to make decisions about. But the minute that we're letting somebody have, but he's like, here's the thing. You can be angry at him, but he's only saying out loud what's kind of been going on anyway. And, and I've noticed it even in personal relationships I have, I won't even talk about this stuff because deep down, we're all kind of saying that he just said it out loud. I, that was just my jaw about hit the floor when I heard that. And see, I have a friend, uh, she's actually our VA. She lives in Canada. So that, that big 
issue with all the truckers was affecting her directly. And I'm like, and she was like at one of the protests and I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. And so, you know, she actually wrote an article and shared some raw footage that she captured. And, and, and then we saw, you know, and then I heard the Trudeau comment and I'm like, this is not political. This isn't a political thing. This is way more than a political thing. Again, and I don't want to go political with any of this, but he actually, he actually, while it made my toenails curl a little in a not a good way, um, he, he, I had to sit with that and go, he's just labeling out loud kind of what we're all doing. Like, I won't share what I think or believe on this podcast, but I, if I'm honest, you go back to that personal bias and I, he said out loud what I think sometimes about what people say and what people think about what I say. So we don't have to get caught up in that because the minute we get caught up in, I don't like what Justin Trudeau said or somebody else says, now we're playing into narrative instead and of now searching we're also for playing, truth. Right. And now we're also playing into cancel culture, which is a whole other problem, because now we're dealing with your narrative. You keep a, saying you're not going to go political. And you keep I keep trying not to, me. but it, my mic keeps going. Well, let, because, let me, let me guide you out of that. <laughs> I keep trying not to. My mic, I keep making the connections as we're talking, you know, because it's so woven in right now. But this is not a political issue. This is a, you don't have political, it's not political. We keep talking about politics, politics, politics. It's not political. It's born out of how we think, how we function, and, and how we meet each other at the table with that, with our different belief systems, our different narratives, our different biases. So it does come back to the personal individual, right? And so you can be angry at him for saying that. And, and I, don't, I don't agree that it's okay to decide. I, don't, I may think that way at times subconsciously, but if I label it, I go, that's not okay to decide somebody has wrong. You know, those are incorrect thoughts or I get to decide what they get to think because that's kind of the context I felt like that had. Um, I need to come back to my personal responsibility for self as it aligns with what is true and good and right. I don't need to get into a power struggle with the whole world over what Trudeau said on TV or something like that. I've got to make personal decisions for me that align with my value system. Either way, if I feed into fear-mongering, I am part of the problem. Right. And not only that, but it's also what does God say? So like, like, well, when I say truth, I'm coming from the context that truth only exists in that God is truth. That's it. I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't promote truth. He literally is truth. <laughs> so, and all who come to worship at, him must do so in spirit and in truth. Yeah. In, yes, the best I can understand at any given time, um, as I understand biblical truth more and more, that's that's what I need to align my narrative against. I don't need to go fight with my neighbor. I need to fight myself. I need to sit with what I believe. Does that align with truth? And if not, I, I need to move toward aligning that with what is true. And that's not political. No, it's not. No, it's not. And I'm almost thinking, um, you know, if we could just get back to. We were never there. <laughs> Okay. No, I'm not even. We've never been there. There's nowhere to get back to. We've never lived there. It is the nature of sinners 
in a fallen world. Okay, very true. But if we could at least to a point move ourselves out of living in in this in this narrative laced fear porn um situation and get and 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 turn ourselves back to okay i'm going to turn to the word of god because uh the rest of it's all fake news <laughs> so you made a really important transition there and, and and we can and here's how we can and you made the transition it has to come from it has to move from we to I, because I can't choose for you. I can only be responsible for choosing for me. It's not this big world change we're going to create because somebody finally gets on TV that says what we think is the right thing and everybody listens. It is simply, um, and again, I don't want to get into politics, but it's what those truckers are doing. Whether you agree with them or not, that's the power. It's the power of I and every person in that is making a choice they believe in and backing up their conviction. It's the power of I. Yeah. Yeah. And it's because every, every single trucker had to make that choice of I'm actually going to participate in this uh, for myself and for my family. And I'm going to inconvenience my life monetarily, probably family wise. I'm I'm going to be willing to get out of my comfort zone to make that stand. I am. See where that something comes back. Right, right, right. Yeah. You know, and every single one of us is going to have to make some choice along that line, I think, sooner rather than later. I think we should make it every day. True. Yeah. I'm making choices every day about this and other things in my life, about what's important to me. What's my value system? Do I believe it aligns with truth? Because I believe the truth sets me free. From a lot of this silliness and pettiness and things that are undignified. Case in point, Mike and I are trying to navigate away from companies that do not align with our value system. Uh, are we going to succeed with all of it? No, uh, but we're trying. You know, we're trying to make the right good choices because because you know we want to support biblically based. And, uh, and and other things that meet our criteria, you know, and it's 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 like it really goes back to self determination in in a respect. I think. I think it's very difficult to live in fear. Just to kind of pull it full circle from where you started, it's very difficult to live in fear and be self determined. And I would argue that fear that is well harnessed into a disciplined decision, you can harness fear in a healthy way, but that's probably a whole nother discussion. But, you know, to some degree, not completely, those are kind of a little bit mutually exclusive. If you can't harness your fear towards self-determination, you have to choose fear over self-determination or you have to choose self-determination over that fear. Interesting. Very, very interesting. I mean, that to me really speaks to it, I mean, it really, it really does speak to, you know, when, 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 when our Lord said, you know, what, what is truth? Who is, you know, what is truth or no, you know, to me, it's, it's, we have to um, make a, a conscious, almost looking at the situation partly away from it and go, all right, what is my response to what is is what is my response in the face of this situation? You know, uh, Ben Shapiro likes to say the truth doesn't care about your feelings, and it's pretty, in my opinion, that's pretty spot on. 
So the easy, so what, the reason I'm bringing that up is in case, if people are wondering, I think the easiest way to know if you're really seeking truth or just trying to defend your narrative is feelings don't get wrapped up in truth. They get wrapped up in our narratives. Facts don't care about feelings to quote uh, Tom McDonald. <laughs> yeah. 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 So if, if you're coming from this like passionate where you're, you know, you're willing to argue with people you love over it that you disagree with, you're probably coming from your narrative because there are, there are much larger truths at play than whether or not you should get a shot or you think COVID's real or the numbers are fudged or the, you know, we're being told the truth and everybody should get the shot. There's bigger things at play when you talk about truth from a biblical perspective. There's much bigger I would absolutely things at play. agree. I think and a lot of it comes down to we are in a spiritual war and what would the enemy love more than to have everybody completely freaked? Because that just plays well, to create into- confusion, right? Chaos and confusion. Sure. And God is not a God of confusion. So when we engage in the confusion, we are playing for the wrong team in that moment. Absolutely. And he says he doesn't give us a spirit of fear. Well, wait a minute. If, whoa, wait a minute. If we don't have a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind, then question, where does that spirit come from? Ah, that must come from the Lord of darkness. Because if it does not come from God, it must by nature come from somewhere else. I so, agree. yeah, I mean, right. <laughs> well, I, I, and I, and I know you and me could like riff on this for quite a while, but I know you've got a hard stop and I do, uh, cause I got to get ready for another interview. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> but I, I want people to hear this though, as we close, I want people to understand we're not talking about feeling afraid and that's wrong. We all feel fear. We're creating God's image. Jesus experienced fear. We see that in scripture, what we're in instructed to do is not to live in a spirit of fear. So not to let fear take over or make our decisions. So, you know, in a way it's going to sound corny, but don't be afraid of your fear. Feel it, question it, peel it back. If, as people like to say, unpack it and figure out what's driving it because there is the real issue that you can problem solve. And behind a spirit of fear is also a lie because at some point there's a lie that you're believing. Yes. You know? And maybe a hard decision you're struggling to make, but you have to figure out what it is, and then you can um, have discern better discernment. You can go to the experts. You can talk to God about it. You can talk to people that have genuine expertise in an area. Maybe you don't to to get more clarity. We have we have a lot of options, but we have to we have to learn to step out of the fear and, and understand a reaction versus taking an action and a direction on something. So what I would, uh, what I, and this is just my final thought. First of all, thank you, Sharon, for coming and talking about this. I think it was a subject that was desperately needed um, in light of what's going on. And uh, mm-hmm. I think it's very, it's uh, very, I think this will be very helpful to someone. Um, I, my final word would be, you know, I've, we've talked about spiritual warfare very, very often uh, in the past, you guys. Um Remember that we have an enemy. We are at war. And one of the things he loves to do is, 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 you know, is mess you up, you know, armor up guys. And remember, we don't live in a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. Amen. I'm Teresa Blaze. This is the Unresolved Life podcast. We will speak again next time. You've been listening to the Unresolved Life Podcast. To catch all our past shows, go to unresolved.life. That's unresolved.life.